Welcome back to the Startup Showdown podcast, where we discuss pitching, funding, and scaling startups. Join us as we interview winners, mentors, and judges of the monthly $120,000 pitch competition powered by Panoramic Ventures. We also discuss the latest updates in software, Web3, healthcare tech, fintech, and more. Now sit tight as we interview this week's guest and their journey through entrepreneurship. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Startup Showdown, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, Panoramic Ventures. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Startup Showdown, we have Joel Cahill with Kalano Venture Capital. Hey, how's it going, Joel? Hey, Lee. Uh, Glad to be here. Going well today. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about Kalano. How are you serving folks? Yeah, um, Kalano, we are a seed stage primarily fund. Uh, It was uh, co-founded by myself and a good friend, Aaron Solano. Um, And it's been a great experience. We've been at it for close to four years, Um, fully fully invested out of fund one and investing out of fund two right now. So what's your backstory? How'd you get into this line of work? Yeah, well, you know, I, I appreciate... Uh, stories that are a little bit uh, circuitous sometimes, or at least not uh, the direct path. Uh, I spent 10 years in New York after school as a uh, currency trader, and that has absolutely nothing to do with uh, tech startups. But um, in that time, I had a lot of opportunities to both make and lose money in trying uh, my hand at, at, at some angel investing um, and found that I just really enjoyed it. Uh, I really love the founder journey. I really love the uh, realization of a dream, whether it's something that I'm putting my hands to and, and starting, um, which I've, I've had the opportunity to do, or uh, just being able to come alongside founding teams and uh, seeing their vision and helping them to realize it. Now, did that kind of epiphany happen um, by you physically experiencing something, or was this something that you were maybe on the sideline and saw somebody else go through and say, hey, you know what, this sounds... Fun. I think I'd like to go down that path a little bit. <laughs> Gosh, it's uh, a good question. Um, now, I, you know, I, I think part of it was just purely from uh, sitting as an investor, being a Wall Street trader, you kind of look at things in a more passive way. Um, but ultimately, what what uh, helped me to to kind of like uh, look look at it more strongly was realizing, like, as as an investor, particularly at an early stage you can help shape things. Um, and, and not because I think I've always got the best ideas, but sometimes uh, it's just having good questions around the table. And uh, the big difference when I was, when I was a trader, um, which was an awesome job, I really, really enjoyed it. But it was, you're a passive participant in the markets, whether I'm trading Mexican peso, Brazilian real, or you know, the, the euro, you, you know, you're not, uh, you're not changing monetary policy. You're not changing any kind of uh, fiscal policy. You're not you're not able to actually affect uh, cross border capital flows that would drive those um, those currencies. But with uh, you know in in the startup scene especially, you know you get to help shape something. You actually get to be involved in 
changing what that future of that organization would be. And that's super exciting. So I really enjoy the the active nature versus passively sitting back and um, putting money into something and seeing what happens. And that has shaped a lot of the way that Kalano works. We stay quite active with our with our founding teams. Um, you know, so much of that is is based on the relationship that you can uh, build. And if there is good rapport um, and trust, which, uh, it, you know, has to be built. Uh, and then when we're able to, to be in that position, it's been very fruitful for us. And because you like um, that sense of getting involved, does that mean that the, the founders you're choosing to work with are coachable, that you they have to have that quality about themselves that they want to hear some advice that they don't, they're not the ones that know everything and they don't need help. They just need money. Yeah. You, you, you're hitting it. One of the key elements, I think in, in all of the venture space, you know, one of our last questions with every, every founding team is what do you need from an investor? And unfortunately when somebody says cash, it, it, it just means that it's, it's not going to be a fit. If, if they're saying it's just cash. Um, but, uh, Somebody needs to be coachable, teachable, workable, because um, you know we want to invest in teams who who know an industry, know a space way more deeply than we're ever going to know. But also somebody who is willing to come back to the table and say, "Hey, I don't know how to solve this problem. I don't know how to prioritize these things. I don't know who I should hire for this role." And again, a lot of what we're then doing is just uh, helping them to create a decision framework. We're not necessarily giving the decision to them. That, that's a rare outcome, a rare occurrence, but more so, how do we actually frame this decision so that we can come to uh, what we think is the best outcome uh, in each one of those steps? Because uh, ultimately what those founders are doing the, the, is, is they've got tons and tons of decisions to make. And the, the faster that they can make them and the more accurately they can make them, the better, out, better chance of success. Now, any advice for those uh, new founders, especially young folks that are out there listening? Um, on one hand, they feel like they have to have all the answers because why else would you fund me if I don't have all the answers? But on the other hand, you're saying, but be coachable and listen and 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 have systems that are open to help you make better decisions. And, you know, a lot of young people have this fake it until you make it kind of um, – thinking that goes about and it sounds like it's opposites in some way absolutely you know uh i think we all live with some form of sort of an imposter syndrome but the last thing that i want is to be founding a funding a team uh who is trying to to act like they they've really got everything together and not being willing to uh look at where their their gaps might be I, I have yet to found to find anybody who has has no gaps. I don't think that uh, God has created any humans just like that so far. Um, but uh, and if they did, I, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure they're they're going to be a pre money, uh, you know, pre revenue billion dollar uh, company at that point already, which we, which we wouldn't touch. Um, but ultimately, you know, we like to invest in people who are real, who actually can um, face flaws, who can recognize you know, the places where they're, they excel, but also the places where they've got those, those gaps. And to, to kind of get a little bit further at that question, Lee, is to uh, find teams who have a great vision for what they want and a path that they can to, to get there. And we, along that path, acknowledging, hey, we, we don't know how we're going to uh, 
uh, get the engineering team that we need in order to solve this problem. We don't know how this product needs to look. We don't know all of the various different steps to get there, but, but having a vision and a, something that is very clear on how they want to get there. Cause at the end of the day, we might, that, that, the, all of those steps will be different from what we actually plan, but we need to have a, some kind of plan in place that is uh, clear, well-articulated and digestible. It sounds like it's a combination of confidence, competence, and a, a layer of humbleness. Yeah, it's, it, it is a confident humility, I think, um, which it, from my trading days was something that I, I learned is you, having confidence in the, in the steps that you're making those, the, you know, as a trader, the, the, the trades that you're making, but also the humility to know that you're going to be wrong a lot. And, 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 and that's okay. Um, you know, when I was a trader, I was only right probably one out of every three trades, but the, only, the two that didn't work um, didn't kill us. And it's the same thing with the decisions that every founder is going to make. They cannot make 100% of good decisions. But if they make a handful of really great decisions and their and their bad decisions really aren't that hurtful, you've got a, a really powerful um, potential there. So now when you're looking at a team, what are some of those kind of um... – let, let's let's put aside the red flags for now, but just kind of the the uh, signals for for moving forward. What are some of the qualities they have that you're like, okay, that's good. Like these are the kind of the must haves uh, that I got to see in a founding team. You know, a lot of it at this early stage where we're, where we're involved is being able to clearly articulate the problem and the solution. Um, and that, I, I think that in itself oversimplifies the, the challenge there. And, and to go a little bit deeper, that, that means seeing where revenue, you know, identifying where your revenue is coming from, identifying, you know, typically we're investing with somebody who's already got product market fit uh, and, and so that there is some revenue, but identifying exactly how and why that's coming to them. You know, you, it, it's really remarkable the, the number of times that somebody's like, great, we're, you know, we're doing 100K, 200K, 300K of revenue, uh, and let's just go go uh, hit the gas on all of our marketing. And you, you just have to stop them and say, hang on, do, 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 you, really, do you know who, who you're communicating to? Who is that customer that, that you, you need to be communicating to? Are, are you building for a single customer? Or are you building for your uh, broader base and very and, and early on uh, that can be some of the hardest decisions because some of the early customers sometimes are not the ones that are going to take you all the way through those early customers sometimes can take you down rabbit rabbit holes which can be really uh, uh, a, a problem so um, being able to clearly articulate your vision and clearly know your um, what your your go to market? What is working in your go to market, and which customers you're trying to communicate to? That that at the at this seed stage, um, lots and lots of things will change in time. But you've got to have a uh, you've got to be able to deliver a a product that has a broad enough potential, a broad enough audience uh, that's also that's not going to crush your team in trying to serve them. Now, is there a niche that you uh, specialize in, or you're pretty industry agnostic? We've—I uh, wouldn't say totally industry agnostic, but we are broad. Uh, you know, in, in in but some of our focused areas have been in esports and gaming. Um, we've crossed over into some of the Web three and crypto uh, spaces, and we've done a decent amount in influencer and marketing technology 
uh, and and then just in a broader B two B SaaS, we look at lots in that space. Is there a story you could share about working with a founder or a team that you helped get their uh, business to a new level that maybe even surpassed your kind of expectations? You know, uh, the, the first story that comes to mind um, is uh, one of our more recent investments. Um, it was a 2021 investment out of Fund One. Um, just an absolute awesome founder. So appreciate him and his excitement for the business. Uh, but it was a, a, an odd problem. He could generate lots of sales, lots of interest, had great connections within the industry and uh, a great product, but really struggled to optimize revenue. So we were able to, he was bringing on customers, but not actually generating the uh, the revenue that we needed to out of them, which was a lot of it was just communicating the broader value that hadn't been communicated beforehand. Um, and we've seen uh, month over month revenue increases of, of five and 10 X since then. Um, and customers are way happier. Uh, and, and so oft, oftentimes a lot of it is just helping somebody to see that there's way more value than you actually think. And uh, we've, we've got to sell to value and not sell to cost. And it's one of those things that once you kind of see something, you can't unsee it. It becomes obvious to you probably a lot faster than it was to the, the team. I think in this case, it certainly was. I, I try to not to uh, not assume that I'm, I'm always right. In this case, we fortunately, uh, Aaron, my partner and I were both, uh, both saw this early and saw it as a really exciting opportunity. And in, in reality, other other investors have passed because they, I, I just don't think they saw it the same way. Fortunately, uh, it appears that we were correct on this. It doesn't always happen that way. Uh, and so we're really excited to get to be alongside this, this team to build. Now, you recently were a judge in, on a Startup Showdown event. Can you talk about um, how you found out about that event and why it's important to get involved in those kind of events? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I found out about it at Venture Atlanta. I was talking with Barrage, one of the um, on, on the team over at Panoramic, uh, great guy, really, we were connecting over, uh, a lot of things in, in the web three and crypto space and gaming. Um, and, uh, he's very accomplished in that space and he, he invited me to be on there, uh, on the startup showdown. And, and, and I really enjoyed it. Um, it was, uh, I, I've done s- several of these, um, but it was, a, it was a high quality group. Uh, and a fun panel to be on. And so we, uh, you know, we got to see some, uh, some great founders with, uh, with very cool visions for where they were headed. It actually was a little bit of a challenging decision for us, or for me it was, um, ultimately for, for the winner. Now, any advice for those startup founders that are going through um, an event like that? What's what would you say are kind of the do's and don'ts? Sure, uh, you know, clarity, clarity above all is is the best thing, and at, identify one revenue stream, identify one client at first. You can acknowledge that there will be plenty down the road, but do not try to boil the ocean. Do not try to. Um, create 10, 12 different revenue streams right away. We're going to make money from X, Y, and Z. Suddenly we're going to have $50 million in revenue. It's okay to start more slowly, uh, especially in the market, the, the market environment that's changing now um, where uh, there's 
an emphasis more on getting to cash flow over just rapid growth and burning through cash. Um, and so I, I think just absolute clarity. Uh, I, I want to see somebody has clarity on what they, what they want to do, where they're going to go. And again, like we're saying, Lee, it, it, that can all be the, the wrong direction. It's a matter of starting in a direction with uh, where you can then gather the information necessary to determine which course corrections are necessary. Right. Take action, go boldly forward, and then adjust. Absolutely. Well put. <laughs> so now, um, how how do your relationships evolve? Um, you know, once you start with somebody, you get them going, uh, how does it go beyond that first initial investment? Sure. Yeah. So um, it, it, it all depends on that, that founder and the team and how they want to uh, how they want to communicate. We're not trying to add more more work to their plate, um, but we we do a lot of ad hoc catch ups. We uh, something that that we do value is rather than everything just being purely scheduled. Sometimes actually just getting on a call. And there are times where there's just personal stuff that that um, you know we we kind of chat through once we've built some rapport. And and it's important because our, our personal lives are are uh, important. They shape the things that we do, the way that we feel, the decisions we make and all of that. So there's a combination of, of digging hard into, you know, the, the monthly metrics, but also uh, just making sure that getting to know each other, helping to uh, just further shape, better shape uh, everybody's uh, sort of emotional fortitude as we go through the challenges and um, rational decision-making so to answer your question, it differs from every every company, but um, we do uh, we make ourselves available and schedule scheduled call, calls and even just just you know quick text. Hey, you got a few minutes to chat, and sometimes just 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 to check in, not like hey, how was revenue last week? Did we did we hit our targets? But you know, how are you doing? Those those I think are actually very important. Um, the soft things, um, you know, we've been very keen to do that all along. Yeah, it's funny how when you look at it as a human to human relationship, you tend to get better outcomes. <laughs> yeah, well, that, I like that. I'm going to steal that one. That's a better. Way to look at it. <laughs> well, what do you need more of? How can we help? Um, you know, uh, the thing that that we uh, I think need the most of is especially in this environment now with with lots of, you know, offers getting rescinded and people, uh, you know, large layoffs at some of the later stage. Uh, the biggest thing to us is, is being able to communicate on talent whereabouts. We've got a lot of portfolio companies who are growing and, you know, the unfortunate reality is that the talent pool, the, you know, the market for talent is loosening, which is, which is really great for companies who are hiring. It's painful for those who are experiencing it. And so the faster that we can make those matches, the better uh, everybody benefits. And, and that's what we've been pushing more towards is, is being able to better place talent that is being, uh, you know, who, who's leaving, being let go, who, who's, you know, losing offers. Um, and, you know, uh, one of our portfolio companies just picked up four people right away uh, in that kind of scenario. So uh, that's, that's a big focus for us right now. So if somebody wants to learn more, have a more substantive conversation with you or somebody on the team, what's the website? Uh, we are, I think it's colonofunds.com. I don't go over there very much. So, <laughs> <laughs> 
And it is that C-A-L-A-N-O funds, F-U-N-D-S dot com. Joel Cahill, uh, if they want to connect with you on LinkedIn, is that another good place to go? Yeah, LinkedIn is is best. I uh, don't, I, I'm not as active on, on Twitter. Uh, and so, you know, I, I know that that doesn't fit for the, the tech personality, but it's just where <laughs> I've landed. <laughs> okay. Time is, uh, uh, you know, you got to kind of focus in on what, uh, where you're going to be and, and what's important to you. And I think LinkedIn and doing the work you're doing, it's important. So uh, we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks, Lee. Well, Joel, thank you again for sharing your story. Like I said, you're doing important work, and we appreciate you. The website, again, is Fund, C-A-L-A-N-O-F-U-N-D-S dot com, and you can connect with Joel at, on LinkedIn under Joel Cahill. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Startup Showdown. As always, thanks for joining us and don't forget to follow and subscribe to the Startup Showdown podcast so you get the latest episode as it drops wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more and apply to our next Startup Showdown pitch competition, visit showdown.vc. That's showdown.vc. All right, that's all for this week. Goodbye for now.